Well, here we are. Penn State in do-or-die mode every single game, uh, every single week. They lose on the road to Nebraska, a team and a game that everyone agreed they had to have. Well, they don't have it. So now what? We'll talk about so now what on the Penn State Hoop Show. Nate Bauer, basketball insider, joining us on the Hoop Show as always, the star of the show. There are two stars, you, the viewer, the listener, and, of course, Nate. Um, Nate, where do you, do you want to start with yesterday's press conference or what caused yesterday's press conference? The, uh, the I hate using this word, but it was kind of embarrassing the way they played against Nebraska. Ooh. Bad defense, turnovers, mental mistakes. And yet they were still in the game late into the second half, but uh, they didn't get it done. So, yeah. so where, where do we pick up the pieces after that loss for the Nittany Lions? Yeah, let's uh, let's start with uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, look, I, I think we'll talk about Nebraska. That that's fine. I think that it's important to contextualize what this moment is in the season, right? What, kind of where they were going into that game and, mm-hmm. and why it mattered. And so th- th- the larger point is they really, other than reversing and kind of flip-flopping the Michigan state and Illinois games earlier in December, where they lost Michigan state, which is a game that they thought they could win uh, and beat, Illinois on the road, which is a game that I think internally probably was chalked up as a loss would have been Mm -hmm. perceived as a loss. Other than that, everything has gone according to plan, right? They think the plan has been in motion. It's, it's a bubble team. It's a team that uh, there, there have been opportunities missed for sure, but also they they've held serve when they needed to. They got a blowout yep. win against Indiana when their backs were against the wall. They they beat Iowa to start the new year. They they beat Nebraska at home. They beat Michigan at home. All of these games, uh, in inc- including some of the losses. Right, you, you lose at Rutgers. You you probably expect to lose to a top twenty five uh, Rutgers team in that environment. You lose at Michigan. Like the, nothing has really been wildly off script until now this is the off script moment where you lose at purdue okay but yeah really have to come back and get a win at a nebraska team which one the venue is always difficult and two it is a an offensive team that micah shrewsbury previewed earlier in the season the first time around that they played talked about fred hoiberg and how, how they keep you off balance how they do things that really make life difficult for you as a defense. And Mm -hmm. guess what? Surprise, surprise. Penn State defensively was not prepared for everything. I mean, really, Nebraska kind of threw the kitchen sink at Penn State, and Penn State just was not prepared for any of it. And it turned out to be, yes, a loss, but a loss in which for the first 18, 20 minutes of the game, like Penn State just wasn't there. It was like they, they expected to be able to, walk through Nebraska and 
did not happen. In any yeah, if that capacity. if that team shows up, if the Penn State team that we've watched battle with some of the bigger names in the conference shows up, they can win that game. Whether or not it's a blowout doesn't matter. They win the game on the road at Nebraska. Um, I, I texting with a friend of mine after the uh, the game, and, and he this is the part that Micah Shrewsbury wants to erase, but it until they do, it's hard not to do this where. My friend texted me and said, Penn State basketball is going to find a way to Penn State basketball in the yeah. most Penn State basketball way. Yeah. And he's right. Uh, this Again, we said this time and again. This is a good team. I think maybe not as good as we thought to begin the year in terms of the shooting has not been consistent, which we've covered. But, like, this is a good team with good pieces. And I don't know what dark crystals are buried under the Bryce Jordan Center that have jinxed this team. But I think they need to go uh, mining, find them, and destroy them so that they can <laughs> reverse their fortune. Because this is just a, a snake-bit, star-cross-plagued program, even in good situations. And Micah Shrewsbury being here is a good situation. And even he is having a hard time overcoming this kind of expectation of disappointment in, in, in these pivotal games against teams you should beat. And here they are again at the bottom half of the middle of the Big Ten standings. You know, I never push back on UT, Frank, but I'm going to push back. Sure. This is entirely within their control. Specifically, Nebraska was entirely within their control. These are these are uh, uh, errors in execution, errors in preparation, errors in effort, right? That they, right. These players are... The, the players as this team is composed currently are good enough to be to finish in the middle of the big 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, that until now is where they have been. They have been doing all of those things. They have had good wins. They have had letdowns for sure. And some very difficult in terms of the snake bitten part. I, I will agree to a certain extent that some games, Wisconsin on the road, uh, Virginia Tech earlier in the season, Clemson certainly. Like there have been yeah. opportunities that Penn State has just not been able to come out on the winning side of that they were in a position to do so. However, where they are right now is really, I, I just kind of see it of their own making. Okay. Uh, Tominaga yeah. scoring 30 points, like nothing against him. He lit it up at the Bryce Jordan Center for he's a microwave. Okay. He, he gets real hot real fast. And he did the exact same thing at the, the Bryce Jordan Center where he had, you know, he had like 14 points in a, a few minutes, basically. Uh, that is what he does. Penn State needed to be prepared for that. Yeah. Mike Schreiber said it afterwards, and they, they just weren't. They, they were not prepared. They did not start the game with the type of energy. And attention to detail, focus, you name it. The shooting is something we can get into. All of all of that's fine. But what Penn State has lost fundamentally is a 40-minute effort defensively that used to be really an established was the hallmark of yeah. Michael's team last year. I so I guess the, the point I, I'm you 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 are correct, and that's watching that game. <laughs> It, it was clear, like, shooting was an issue, but defense was the problem. And defense, you know, effort, communication. We'll talk about all these things, including leadership and everything Michael Shrewsbury and Jalen Pickett talked about yesterday. But yeah. 
that's my point, I guess, of this is the conversation we're having now that this veteran team full of seniors yep. can't seem to find a way to play with maturity. And maturity is effort for six for, for the full 40 minutes and uh, playing defense. Yep. <laughs> you know, so like wh- wh- how you have the pieces well, to go on the road and win and, yeah. and it's not happening. Yeah, but you know what? Like, it's hard. This is hard, okay? I I thought that yesterday's press conference was a striking balance of Micah Shrewsbury being ticked off, okay, and expressing that displeasure, and Jalen Pickett doing his best to remain calm, okay? Yeah. (laughs) It It is a long season. They play 31 games, 32 with the Big Ten tournament at least. These things happen. And do you want them to happen? Absolutely not. Indiana did not want to lose by 19 points at Penn State. Okay. That was a bad loss for that Indiana team. That exact same Indiana team just beat Purdue over the weekend. Like you can, things can change. It it is. And so like, I I mean, we're going to get to it here. And I don't know if you pulled the, if you were able to pull the clip we had uh, just for everybody listening, we had audio issues, not we, the Bryce Jordan center had audio issues yesterday uh, with Micah Shrewsbury, but this one quote, uh, I'm going to read it here, <laughs> is so important where he says, uh, this is their moments uh, as leaders of this team that they need to take the initiative if they want it to go whichever way they want it to go. They could say, hey, we're done. It's eight games left, conference tournament, nine straight. Let's just mail it in and go home. They get that choice or they can say, man, let's go on a run right here. They get that choice. It's how they want to finish. It's how they want to see it. It is, this is, I see so much reaction from the Penn State fans that are there. Okay, like the Penn, mm-hmm. the people who the people who parachute in occasionally when things are going poorly or when things go really well, and just well, uh, that's it. Yeah, Se- season's over. And I guess to a certain extent, that's just the nature of fandom. Certainly, enough people said that after football got its doors blown off at Michigan. At Michigan, yeah, right. But. these are things that are within their power to change. And so once again, they are faced with this moment of, okay, everything else was trending in the direction where if everything went to plan, they were a bubble team with a good shot of getting in. Now they are a bubble team with a bad shot of getting in and they're going to have to reverse fortunes and win a game that they aren't supposed to win uh, to be able to upend that trajectory. Yeah. And, and, that's what I found interesting yesterday when Michael Shrewsbury, who has talked about, he's not been afraid of putting things on his team and, and yep. challenging them, but he fully put it on them and said, they've got to decide what they want to be. I mean, you just read the quote there about, you know, there's eight games left and, and not that he's giving up control. And I'm sure that in practice, he has a very different tone of I'm going to take charge. And, you know, there's, there's different messages for different times. Sure. But he put it on them that this is on you. This is not a thing of like, I need to coach better. I need to motivate them. It's like they need to decide what they want to be. Um, I, I guess, wh- how do you feel about that? How do you take that in terms of is is that a motivation tactic that you think will work? Is that how do you how do you take that tone from yesterday and interpret how the, the team will interpret it? He He's an interesting guy because he he. Look, like this is what coaches do. Okay, that's Jedi mind tricks. That's that's how they yeah. operate. Uh, 
on one side, he says, this is on me. Uh, the defensive breakdown, the things that are happening uh, is completely his responsibility. And he owns that. But then on the other side, and and he said this before about other things in, in different contexts of, hey, I'm good. I, I've coached in the final four. I've coached in the NBA Eastern Conference finals. Like I, I've been, I've had uh, occasions and accomplishments within my career that are, I can be very proud of and will sustain me, right? Like he's already got a resume. Yeah. He lays it out as you don't. Like, like you guys don't have that. And so you've been putting in all of this work. And in some cases that we'll get to later, maybe not enough. Okay. But yeah. whether it's, whether it's enough or not, it doesn't change the fact that an investment has been made by these players to reach a goal that everyone can agree. There's no secret to this. They're trying to get to the NCAA tournament. They're trying to win a couple games in the NCAA tournament. But if they do not execute and follow through on the vision that they had at the beginning of the year. Like not only is that it for this team, but that's it for a bunch of these players. Jalen Pickett's going to keep playing. Andrew Funk will probably play in Europe. I would guess cam winter. I don't know. Yeah. Miles dread. I, I don't know. Right. Like yeah. you've got, you've got seniors on this team, Seth Lundy. What, what, what does his future hold? And, and there are undoubtedly, players on the team that have brought it consistently this season against players on this team who can, who have not brought it this season. It, it has been an inconsistent effort and he is laying out very flatly. Hey, uh, this is it for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> one, one way or the other, this is the end of college for a lot of you guys. If you want to accomplish this, something has to change. More investment has to be made for that to, to, to become a possibility. Here's mostly how he phrased that. At, at some point in time, right, it's got to kick in that, um, like, this is it, right? Some of you guys don't get an opportunity. You're not going to be here. Season's over. It ends. Careers are over. Like, I'm I'm a beer. I'm a beer. Like, like I got a lot more years left. So I'm going to get a chance to coach again. I'm going to get a chance to try and accomplish what we want to accomplish. It's It's this or nothing. It's this or becoming an accountant. It's this or becoming a plumber. It's this or going playing in Croatia. So uh, what? <laughs> what is the problem and uh, how do you fix it? Because that's obviously yeah. establishing he, there is a problem. Um, I, I, what, what, what's next? How, what's the step forward how to fix it? For the record, I don't know that anybody is uh, in apprenticeship to become a plumber uh, on Penn State's basketball team. So I just thought that was an interesting choice of uh, tr laying out like accountant, plumber, or playing in Croatia. But it's not necessarily what they envisioned for themselves. I think is his is his point. Yes. Uh, yeah. What's 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 the issue? Uh, certainly defensively, they they have the road is its own animal. Okay, they've they've got to fix stuff on the road, and they need to get it together quickly to have a defensive cohesion that they have not had. Uh, we're gonna get into it here. They're ninety eighth now in Ken Palm. That would have been outrageous 
last season. And they're different teams. I, yeah. I, I get that. But they haven't been 98th in Kempom this season. They've been they've had decent numbers in Kempom defensively for most of the season, but he brought it up in the beginning of January. Yeah. That number is plummeting. That number is plummeting. And so in back-to-back games, they give up 29 to Mason Gillis at Purdue, which is, it it is what it is. They, they held Zach Eady. They limited Zach Eady. It was a pick your poison situation. The other guy went off it. it, You know, you got to live with that. Uh, Tomanaga at, Nebraska goes for 30. You can live with some of that. You yeah. can't live with seven backdoor cut layups to, right at the basket. Like you yeah. you cannot you cannot live with being absolutely gutted in the lane and in the paint with it coming from guards. It wasn't the big man. It wasn't Walker at Nebraska that was crushing them right we we know what yeah. penn state's interior presence uh is lacking in in terms of post defense it wasn't that it was oh you're just you're just not in position the help defense isn't there you're getting yep. beat you're like all of those things and it was such a variety of things that again the the context that he set up for nebraska in the first place the thing that nebraska can do is beat you in a variety of ways. They can score in a variety of ways. And that is exactly what they did uh, on Sunday afternoon. There won't be postseason play if we don't start guarding people. You know, it's like sticking your finger in the wall, stop the water, and water starts coming out from somewhere else. Right? Um, we got to get it figured out. We got to get it figured out pretty quickly. And we got to build off that right now, like, fixing this can't affect something else and now something else is becomes a problem or an issue i i thought it was uh, interesting first off this is the blue white illustrated penn state basketball hoop show please like the video please subscribe to blue white illustrated here on youtube if you're listening on our podcast uh, version please leave a five-star review always helpful for you to do that uh now that i got that preamble out of the way One of the things that came up yesterday that I think is concerning is communication Mm -hmm. on defense. But Jalen Pickett, it seemed like these two were tied together, was confidence and communication. So when they are not playing with confidence, they're not communicating. And that happens on the road, and that was part of the conversation of playing on the road and making sure you're continuing to communicate when you're not comfortable. So yep. these guys are going into it again, veterans kind of going into a shell on the road, not over communicating, not being a part of the defensive uh, chain link structure. And then you get what you get The you know, yeah. is that a fair way of looking at that? <laughs> uh, I think, look, I think it's a variety of things. He said it in the post game interview. Uh, and this has been a theme and it's, it's seen as, uh, or I view it as a little bit of an aside, but it's not, he, he's, he is plunging the dagger. He, he said, our guys want to be scores, right? They want to play offense. They get excited about playing offense. They don't get ex- excited about the defensive end of the floor. And so it's, 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 it reminds me, or there's similarities of when we talk about the offensive line is, uh, you know, in football, you, you don't, you can, you can play or give uh, a great effort. Okay. But if one guy is making a mistake out of the five, if, if four are doing the right thing and one guy isn't, 
And it's not necessarily the same one guy making that yep. mistake every trip yep. down the floor. You might, ha- you might have had 90% great defensive possessions. And the guy next to you might have had 90% great defensive possessions. But if the lapses for all five are happening at different times, it's a house of cards. <laughs> like that's, that is the, the, the simplest way to, to explain what Micah Shrewsbury is saying about this is the defense itself is designed to protect weak players. They yeah. have weak defenders on this team. Uh, Miles Dredd is not great defending the perimeter. Uh, Andrew Funk has issues keeping up. His athleticism isn't there necessarily. Yep. Kebajai, you, like all of these things are front and center of some of the issues that they have defensively. Okay, when you build a strong enough system that can compensate for that, it doesn't matter because you're all playing as one. You're all doing the same thing together. His major point that he has been hammering home this season is too often they're not all on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom that, line. That, I guess my point is that it sounded yesterday like Jalen Pickett was linking that a little bit with confidence. And if your confidence is shaken by your offense and you're not playing defense, then you have a total breakdown. There is not that you would expect a veteran team to have some sort of backstop, right? Of, okay, this isn't going right, but like we got to control something. Like, been through the ringer before, you've yep. had these slumps before, you yep. should know how to compensate. And it seems like, you know, you mentioned the defense and then the offense doesn't work. And then all of a sudden, here we are. Um, yep. And I guess that's the interesting thing, and I, that's the dangerous thing to me, is that if confidence is the issue, it's not going to get fixed. Like, it, it, there's going to have something extra external or maybe coming from internally from some guy that's going to yeah. fix it. But confidence is a very fickle thing. It and is. It, when it's gone, it can just be gone. It is, but I think that's the argument, right? Is you, you, this is with, look, making shots is. Uh, I'm not saying it's luck. It's not in any way luck. Okay. But nobody makes them all right. Like it it is a, it is a failure sport. It's like hitting in baseball. You are going to fail more than you succeed, especially when you're shooting three point shots at at the rate that they do. However, what you can bring every trip down the floor is your defensive focus, intensity, effort, all of those things. You, those are within your power to know the script, to know if this, then that, if this, then that. Yeah. And so when they, they have that power, that is within their control. And until all of these guys buy in, it is, it is blunt. Right? <laughs> like that, that is, those are the words that Michael Shrewsbury has used is buy-in until they're all buying in your, like he, he's putting out this proposition of, until the buy-in happens, you're not going to make shots. Yeah. Right. Like, and the two might not seem connected, but that's his argument. Jalen Pickett's argument. And I I don't know if Jalen Pickett actually believes this, but the way that this team plays is that if they are making shots, they're willing to play defense, right? Like it's, it's, reverse they're 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 okay with playing defense and they'll get excited about playing defense because it will set up their next chance down the floor to shoot yeah shrewsbury saying no you got it wrong you got got this backwards if you are excited and making stops and glued and gelled and all all that stuff as a defense 
you will succeed offensively. And yeah. so you, like you're at a loggerheads here where like, and, and this is to me a, a huge part of his responsibility and, and you can't ultimately control it. You can't, as the head coach, you can't necessarily um, like you can't perform for your team, yeah. but it is it is, he needs to be able to manipulate in some fashion switching that mindset of these guys to be able to get excited, to be able to get locked in and focus on the defensive end of the floor. So let's talk about the offense. You have some numbers of where that's gone recently. So, so what have you found looking at the, you know, what seems to be the systemic issue because of the way the team is playing? Yeah. So uh, they've played six games outside of the British Jordan center uh, so far this year, this calendar year I'm talking since, uh, and this went back even into the non-conference playing outside of the British Jordan center, but in the six games since January 1st, these are all big 10 games. The most they have scored is 69 points. So they have not cracked 70 points ever uh, in away environments. The numbers are 69, 63, 60, 45, 60, and 63 points, which is an average of 60 points per game. Okay. It's a problem when you consider the defense they've been playing. (laughs) Correct. So that's, that's an issue, but also, also, and this is like extremely important to how I perceive this is they're scoring 81.75 points a game in the Bryce Jordan center. That's okay. a huge difference. <laughs> like it's a it, massive difference. I, okay. It's only, it's only four games. It's only four games, but 83, 76, 85, 83. Those are the numbers that they've put up in big 10 games in the Bryce Jordan center this calendar year. So they obviously they have um, 11 games played. Uh, one, two, three, four. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they have 11 games played this calendar year and they just, it's been night and day. I mean, when you, when you've got a 20 point scoring differential between outside of the Bryce Jordan center and inside of the Bryce Jordan center, that's a massive, massive problem. you you expect to have some level of success at home, but it can't, it cannot be that stark of a disparity. You know, you look at it again, we get production from three guys um, on the road and like, you know, Funk hasn't shot it great, but he's still providing you with other things. And, you know, I thought Seth was playing at a high level when, and Pickett's been doing it. And now it's just, you know, what are you getting from other guys? And if we can, you know, each night it might be somebody different, but you need a fourth guy to step up. You need a fifth guy to step up and they don't have to, they got to do it in their own way. They got to play off those other guys, um, you know, just to help them, just to balance different things. That's yeah. Cam Went. That is Cam Winter, and that is Miles Dread, and that is Kabajai, Mikey. Han- like it, it's it's everyone. I think the the heaviest the the onus is most on Dread and Winter as guys who have you know, not only not had their numbers necessarily, but also like aren't contributing in other ways. Cam Winter can be, Cam Winter can be a scorer for them, but he can also be a facilitator. He's not Mm -hmm. doing either right now. Okay. Miles Dredd 
can be a facilitator as well, but also like he is at Penn state to make threes and his three point shooting like slumps or slumps. You, it, it happens to everybody, but yeah. this is just not the time for it where, I mean, he, it, it has really been a problem for him dating back to, uh, you know, I, I would say the middle of December, uh, I, I pulled like he, he four times, he had double figure scoring in the first 10 games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, since that time, he's had one. Okay. He yeah. is nine of 40 from three point in the 10. It's 10 big 10 games since January 1st. So 10, 10 the past 10 games, he's shooting 20, 22.5% from deep. Like they, That's... they need, they need him. They yep. need him. It's not like, I mean, you can feel bad and you can do, uh, uh, you know, just keep thinking positively and you'll break out of this, but it's like, it can't be that. <laughs> and it value. can't be this long. I Correct. mean, you talk about middle of December. We're that's two months now. That's not a slump. That is now the new characterization of how you're playing. A yeah. slump is like a game, a quarter, maybe uh, if you want to extend it, a long slump is, is, you know, three weeks. But this is, and this has been indicative of his career too. Like I know that we've talked about this. You and I have had some debates about this. But he was a streaky shooter when he was a regular, like a starter. Like this has yep. been a thing with Miles Dredd for his whole career. So why, you know, again, veteran on the team, team captain, but the consistency and reliability of the thing you're being asked to do. I think he's done okay defensively with the a, ta- a hard task of being basically a post player, but like you can't have that be the only thing, especially if you're uh, one of these guys that is a what we just described. So what what's the issue there? I I mean, look, I I'm not a shooting specialist. I'm not I, I'm going to defer to Mike Shrewsbury here. And just he he doesn't hit you over the head with it, but uh, and and I put this in our notes here. He uses other players as an example of what he wants from everyone. Okay, and if you read between the lines of what he was talking about with Miles Dredd yesterday, it was put more time in. That's it. <laughs> Is get into the gym, but work through it. When he talked about Kebajai, uh. The one thing about this, our group is they just got to know, here's what the team needs. Here's what the team needs. It's not about me. This is what the team needs. And if I'm going to provide that, whether I need to start, whether I need to come off the bench, if I need to shoot a bunch or not shoot at all, I'm going to do whatever the team needs for us to have success. He talked about how Keba is using successful experiences as motivation to work even harder. Yeah. Not the reverse, right? Yep. Not using disappointment at or disappointment in the first place. And, and Keba has had a tough year. Like there have been, they threw him into the fire and there have been a lot of tough moments for him, but he has used both good and bad as motivation to keep going and, yeah. and to invest more. Same with Seth Lundy uh, talking about Seth Lundy, what he's doing right now. He's putting a lot of work into outside of practice and everything else. So he's earning this consistent play with what he's doing in practice and outside of practice. Like it's not, it's not just miles dread. This is the team, right? Mm-hmm. Where he, he is laying it out there of, Hey, I'm going to recognize the guys who are doing it all in. 
mm-hmm. right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to give them a recognition in that sense, but also I'm using this to draw attention to the fact that not everybody is not, not yeah. everybody is invested at that level. And he feels, I think, I don't want to put words into his mouth, but he feels as though it's going to demand that of everyone to get where they need to be. That's we're in February. And I know he said that like at this point, a lot of teams know their identity. They know what they're going to be. They know their rotations. And if Penn state is still working on that part, uh Oh, <laughs> yeah. yikes. I don't, yeah. I don't, quite, I don't know to go with that. Like that, that I don't want to say that's a dead end, but like, Hey, that is a thing that has to change. Why is, why is Mikey Hen and Caleb Dorsey or why are they starting now? Why, why yep. were the, why have those two guys started the past couple of games? Because when I asked him about Evan Mahaffey, I mean, you like, yeah, he's as blunt go, as blunt gets as answers go to, to say, Oh, he's not guarding anybody. And that was it. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, is he making progress towards guarding anybody? No, like he's not guarding anybody. He hasn't guarded anybody. Can he? I hope so. Like, it's just very obvious, uh, you know, how he's putting that out there of nobody. They just have not had enough consistency. And I think think this is important here because, you know this, uh, I I have a huge crush on Jalen Pickett as a basketball player. I think he's great. I think he's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Seth Seth Lundy has been really good this season. When Andrew Funk heats up, I think he is exceptionally good as Can a I, shooter and productive. Right there, those three yeah. guys. I just I, I want to talk about the things that were kind of. I want to put these into context of I guess what I've noticed in in these situations of they're going to go zone. Nebraska went zone, packed the paint, didn't allow Jalen Pickett to get one on ones down underneath. Right, so they just took away the rim for a good part of the game, and Seth Lundy's hitting threes. Yeah. Um. You've because the the defense is drawn in. He's one of the guys that is stepping up in that situation of okay, they're gonna try to take one thing away. We'll go for another thing. And the three was important again at Nebraska, and they just didn't have enough people that could hit him. Yeah. Um. Andrew Funk, even though he is slumping at times or he's not as great on the road, I guess I've noticed he has been more active with the ball. He's not yeah. just spotting up and shooting. He's been driving. He's been trying to create challenges for the defense. But then you get those opportunities for other guys, and they just – I mean, it was painfully obvious to everyone, not to pile on Miles Dredd here again, but you don't you don't see regularly where everyone goes, oh, wow, that's a lack of confidence because he's passing up wide-open shots. Yeah. You know? And so, like, they, they need to have whatever it is, the buy-in, the mental fortitude, whatever it is. Outside of these three guys we've talked about, they're evolving and adapting. Everyone else seems to be kind of stagnant in what they were, and that gets figured out by other teams. Yep. yep. No, I, th- I think you're spot on. Honestly, I, I do. I, I think it's uh, it is it is problematic that they have T- two things that that is problematic, and but it's it's not as though the three guys that we just mentioned are free of blame or responsibility as well. Like this is everybody. Jalen Pickett has had defensive issues. Seth Lundy, who is one of the best defenders on the team and often is tasked with guarding the best opponents. Like he's had defensive issues at times and he had some on, on, uh, on Sunday. And, and obviously Andrew Funk has had defensive issues uh, throughout this season. So it, it is not as though 
this is an like a an us versus them situation of oh you have three guys who are bringing it and then everybody yeah. else isn't this is a right. shared responsibility and it, it includes the leaders like it includes the captains that they have on this team you have four captains they need to be able to get the message across get the buy-in get, coalesce around a cause and execute right yeah. and so it's gonna it's gonna be super interesting to see if they're able to do that in these last eight games then the next one is wisconsin at home, yep. <laughs> thankfully for Penn State, at yep. 8.30. So what do you see in this game? And is this an opportunity where Penn State can, they're at home, are they scoring 80 points in this game? Like, is this a win? Are we back on script? Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pick a, a win or a loss, but certainly I think that Wisconsin, uh, Mike Shrewsbury laid it out, right? Uh, that Wisconsin is going to be desperate as well. Wisconsin is in a... Pre- precarious spot too this is a team that also wants to get into the ncaa tournament and it's something i I don't know if the lunardi you know brackets are out yet and some of the other bracketologists but most of them have penn state as like the first four out or last four out and wisconsin in the same category or close to it they're they're living in the same sphere right now and so yeah you get to go back to the bray shorten center and Again, I mean, 81.75 points per game at the Bryce Jordan Center this calendar year. If they put that up against Wisconsin, they will easily beat Wisconsin because Wisconsin can't score 81.75 points, right? Like that's, yeah. just, that's just not how they're built. Um, but you got you to do it. You got to do it. And I, I think that I agree with him in the sense that it is so much of it is going to be dictated by whether or not they're there defensively. If, yeah. if, if they are bought in, if they do the things that they know that they're capable of, they held Wisconsin to 63 points on the road the first time around. Uh, if they can do e- even something similar, if they can hold Wisconsin in the low 60s, Penn State should have an excellent opportunity to win the game and then see where the chips fall or where they may. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com to follow along uh, during the in-game thread. Nate, uh, this is the last time we're going to talk this week. Nate's off for the rest of the week. So, well... Semi off, maybe. Yeah, we'll maybe. see. We'll see. But uh, definitely, I would. I would hope the last time we'll hear him on the on the podcast because I don't. I don't want to be making you work while you're not supposed to be working. So appreciate you sneaking us in so we can do this show uh, early in the week. If you're listening to this on replay later, um, appreciate all your time today, Nate. Of course. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for the Hoops Show. We'll be back, of course, with the BWI Daily Edition. Uh, Penn State uh, is, uh, we'll have coverage of Penn State's Media Day, which is coming up Tuesday. We're recording before that. Uh, still TBD on when we're going to get the, the this show out. It might be out on Wednesday. So might be telling you things out of order, which is why that was so awkward, Nate. And why that last <laughs> 35 to 45 seconds is was so awkward. I can't, There's a I lot going that, on. There's a lot going that sentence, on. Yeah, no plan whatsoever for how to get out of it. But I know how to get out of this show, and that's to hit the outro music. So we'll be back. Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition and The Hoop Show.